Friends, the 2022 NHL draft is right around the corner, and Winnipeg has quite a few proverbial irons in the fire, whether it's talking about their drafting philosophy or even looking at who might be on the trading block. Winnipeg obviously is in the throes of something of a transition period, and with all the chaos going on in both the drafting scene um, and certainly in the locker room, plus the, the Jets roster itself needing to be a little bit updated, if we're going to be honest, how does Winnipeg fit into the grand scheme of trades, the trade market, and free agency? We'll talk about all of this and more coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We've got audio and video versions of this podcast available, so you can watch us at home or take us on the go. Whatever the case may be, you'll always be up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. But most importantly, we just want to say thanks again so much for all the love and support you give us. Now, on tonight's episode, this is going to be a fun one because uh, there have been some updates around the Jets and around the trade market that I think gives Winnipeg a little bit more insight into their plans going forward. Obviously, right now, uh, the, the draft is the big focus, but for the Jets, let's be real. Uh, a lot has happened that has put Winnipeg at a position where they might be selling some players that they weren't really anticipating parting with heading into the offseason. But uh, such as life in the NHL, Winnipeg doesn't really have many options in some of these cases. And, you know, based on some of the preferences, uh, you know, mentioned by the players themselves, um, Winnipeg... <laughs> Yeah, they could go in any particular direction they want. And I think at the end of the day, the Jets are going to be worse off in the short term. But long term, I think all of this pain that Winnipeg might endure is going to be worth it for the potential uh, yield down the road. Now, first off, let's talk about some of Kevin Sheveldayoff's comments per Murat Atesh of The Athletic. So one of the big things, of course, that we talked about last episode was the draft itself and how Winnipeg is going to approach it. I gave you some thoughts on what I think Winnipeg might do. Based on what Sheveldayoff has said, I think for the most part, the way I've, I've seen it is pretty on target. Winnipeg is looking for guys who are mostly best player available. Uh, but I, I did see one interesting comment from him. Um, he said at 14th overall, you know, the main focus is on players who don't have to be NHL ready this this coming offseason, right? You know, you're not looking at a guy who's stepping into the roster as soon as, what, like October? You don't think he'll be getting in the lineup, but certainly within the next year or two, uh, progress is being made towards marching to that play or that NHL spot. So in my mind, this kind of feels like he's maybe tipping his hand that Connor Geeky is on his board. Connor is not exactly the kind of guy that I would I would personally qualify as being pro ready, uh, but certainly maybe a player like Frank Nazar is a little bit closer. There are a couple of guys who have really mature games. Um 
uh, Kevin Korczynski is one of them. Denton Patechuk is also pretty far along enough to where you would imagine that maybe one or two years of AHL experience is kind of enough to get him over the hump. So interesting comment, a little bit vague, but you know, Shevel Dayoff definitely intends this particular spot to be an NHL roster player. And it's kind of why somebody with like a higher floor might be what they're looking at at 14th overall. But as in the past, the Jets do try to go for uh, best player available in most drafts. And I, I think Winnipeg usually has done pretty well here. The only time that they really screwed up, I would say, is with the Logan Stanley pick. And for the most part, the Jets seem to have learned some pretty big lessons so in that respect, I don't expect them to go back in time and turn back the clocks on a really bad draft pick, uh, you know, for as much as Stanley has really tried to to work on this game and has actually progressed pretty far from where he was when he was drafted. It's obvious that at the NHL level, it just hasn't really been enough to make him more than maybe a seventh defender or even like a third pairing guy at best. So looking ahead, you know, that that I think tells you a little bit more you know, of their drafting philosophy at, at the high level. But when it comes to like Russian prospects, right, how will Winnipeg handle this? I think Shevoldayov kind of put it best when he said, um, you know, they were looking at Shiprakov, I think it was, and where he was ranked on their list when they had the pick to get him, they just felt they simply couldn't pass him up. And I think he's basically alluding to the fact that they're not going to be seeking out top Russian prospects. But if somebody like Daniel uh, uh, Yerov is available at, like, for some reason, 30th overall, right? The Jets aren't going to hesitate. Um, same with somebody uh, like Gleb Trikhozov. Players like these who have oodles of talent and, quite frankly, can't be missed at that that pick that you've got, I think Sheveldayov is comfortable with the risk. He does apparently want to go in with this with the assumption that, you know, the uncertainty around all of this has made it a bit of a difficult like question to uh, say whether or not you would draft them for sure. And it sounds like he's kind of speaking for more than just the Jets, maybe, you know, much of the league in general when it comes to prospects uh, uh, coming from Russia. It's not really clear whether they're going to be playing here anytime soon. So. I think, you know, the safest approach is to consider that they won't go out of their way to draft them, but they will consider it if, again, they just are, they're too good of a value pick to pass up. Now, with this draft, I think Shevoldayoff had an interesting insight that I've mentioned before, but it seems like there's a lot of uncertainty. So with all of that being the case, I feel like somebody who will maybe be a safer pick, especially one if you're anticipating uh, a guy coming through the, the system and joining the Jets within the next couple of seasons. I think someone like that will actually be available at both 14th overall and 30th overall. So I don't think we have to worry so much about the, the Russian question yet. But, you know, Winnipeg, if there's an opportunity, they've certainly struck while the iron is hot, and I wouldn't put it past them to make some big moves. Now, speaking of big moves, Winnipeg might be looking to acquire some more assets, especially if they have to sell off a couple of players. I want to talk about what players are, are on the block and what they might uh, generate in terms of major trade packages coming right up in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our wonderful friends at Built Bar. If you've heard me talk about Built, you know that I'm personally a big fan. Uh, I've had a lot of protein bars over the years, and most of them are just not that tasty. You're getting like a dry, desiccated corpse filled with yeah, protein, but not particularly tasty protein. That's kind of why Built Bars are amazing, because they're more like candy bars with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. I've had a couple of really good flavors over the years. Um, I'm a big fan of the raspberry dark chocolate. 
I also have liked surprisingly like some of the more creative flavors like birthday cake and some of those ones. I'm not always for like super, super sweet flavors, but I think that they've done a really good job striking the balance. And they've got yet another brand new flavor called Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. If you like coconut brownie and you also like marshmallow, this is the perfect match made in heaven for you. And best of all, it's super guilt free. Most built bars, including the uh, the coconut brownie chunk puff, clock in at around 150 to 170 calories, uh, four to five grams or even seven grams on the high end with, of net carbs and between 15 and 18 grams of protein. So it's perfect for every lifestyle, whether you need something on the go as a snack, maybe you're looking for a breakfast replacement or Maybe you're about to hit the gym and you need something to really gas you up and get you ready to go. To place your order, go to built.com right now and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout at built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look at Winnipeg in the grand scheme of the offseason, including trades, drafting philosophies, all that stuff based on comments we've gotten from Shovel Day Off and my own personal analysis on the situation. Obviously, it's been a very chaotic picture for the Jets. But before we dive into you know the more the more specific details of what I could see them doing and trying to offer on the trade market, I do want to let you know about uh, something that's upcoming. First off, thank you so much uh, for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. Second off, we have our NHL draft coverage this week. Obviously, it's right around the corner, um, and our, our team of local experts and draft experts are going to be diving into every pick uh, from the first round, giving you insights and analysis. I'm personally going to be hopping on around 15 minutes after each pick is made for the Jets and giving you some insight into what Winnipeg is going to be up to. Uh, I'll break down any of the trades that they make to acquire maybe more picks or anything that they do in the meantime between those picks. Um, hopefully, Winnipeg gives us something really interesting because this particular offseason obviously holds a lot of promise for Winnipeg to really reformat things. And what better time to do it than when you're on the draft stage and you have a chance to improve the future of your team. Again, be sure to join me 15 minutes after each pick and you'll get my immediate reaction to what the Winnipeg Jets have done and drafted. Subscribe to Locked on Winnipeg Jets on YouTube for all the latest breakdowns and live reactions to the draft and so much more. Again, thanks so much for subscribing and making us your first listen of the day. Now, circling back to the Jets, obviously, before we even get to the draft itself, uh, Winnipeg has a lot of questions about, you know, the roster and some of the players that are on it. One of the biggest players that might be on the move is Blake Wheeler. And if you look at their multi-year contract summary, Winnipeg's picture is a little bit chaotic. Uh, 2023-24 is kind of like the cutoff when you look at um, a lot of expiring deals, guys who will need extensions, and essentially the end of Winnipeg's competitive window, right? After that season, you've got 2024-25, and there's just very few guys that are under contract. And even then, players under contract then don't have many years after that. So the Jets are are unfortunately due for a little bit of upcoming roster paying. That's not the worst thing, right? Winnipeg can work around this, and it might be a chance to start over, which, you know, two years on probably is going to mean rebuild time, especially if the Jets don't opt to do that now. If they're looking for like a playoff appearance, right? This is going to be a bit of a challenge because Dubois looks like he wants to leave. Um, and I think there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be interested in him. And honestly, if somebody gives the Jets a really good offer at this upcoming draft, I would strongly consider it. Uh, I heard today there was a, a notion that the Vancouver Canucks might be in talks with the uh, New York Rangers over JT Miller. Miller supposedly would command Capo Caco Plus, the plus probably not being a first round pick. 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I can't really imagine that it would be. Well, maybe it actually would require it because if he's got a little bit of contract control for a season and he did have a pretty massive year, but he, he basically is like a one year rental. Right. So I, I don't know what the market for that is going to look like yet. Uh, I think most teams are looking for longer term assets with cost control. Dubois is kind of a challenge because he's due for a pretty big raise in the very near future. And how many teams actually have the cap space to pull that off? Not many off the top of my head. So given that, I think teams would still bend over backwards to acquire a very clearly elite talent that they have in Dubois mixed with his unique physicals. And obviously he still has some really serious potential to do damage in any team's top six. So I think the trade package would be very good. I think you could definitely get a first round pick this year. And would it actually be worth it to go for one this year? I think it's an interesting question. If you've got a really good prospect that you're interested in, like say a Nazar, a Matejchuk, uh, a Korchinski, and you don't think that they're going to fall to f- um, 14th overall, but you still want to keep those picks in store. I don't think it's the worst to go for a draft pick this year. That said, I, I kind of want to emphasize uh, the 2023 draft, that one is going to have a deeper class. And I think you're more likely to get better value. And you might be able to get more out of the package if you go for a draft pick next year rather than trying to front load it this year. But Shabodayoff did say that their priority right now is to refresh the prospect system. So given that, I would actually imagine somebody like Bren- Brendan Dillon maybe being an option if you can try and squeeze out like a high second, which to me is almost like a late first. I think if you can do that, um, plus maybe a little bit of extra in like a third or a fourth round pick, uh, I think Dylan could definitely fetch a pretty decent return. He's got a couple years on his contract, including next season, and he's had a very reasonable cap hit. He also has a game that I think a lot of coaches love, and I could just see many options here being uh, very attractive. Logan Stanley might also be somebody who is an underrated trade chip. I think Stanley's value might be very inflated right now, and because his deal is up after next season, and he's not really somebody that I think the Jets have a a huge amount of of longer-term interest in. If you can sell high, I would sell high. He's just not a player that I think really figures into the longer-term picture here. I'm sure a lot of people are going to freak out and yell at me, but, I mean, he just hasn't really done enough to really wow me to where I feel comfortable with giving him uh, routine minutes. So, you know, as a depth option, fine. But if he's looking for a bigger raise you know, the Jets are going to have to try and scrap for every bit of cap space that they can. So I I just would be careful about trying to re-sign him. Um, If somebody, again, comes to you with a pretty decent trade offer, you know, you really got to consider taking it. Aside from that, uh, you know, what what would Wheeler command? His contract is a tricky situation. I think the Jets would have to retain somewhere around uh, 40 to 50% to make it an attractive option. Here's the thing. Wheeler for like 4 million or 5 million, is way more palatable than 8 million. And I think the Jets would be wise to leverage that. If you look at his point scoring, I mean, Blake is still in pretty decent form. Sure, his on-ice underlying numbers might be a little bit rough, and it's obvious that he's not really keeping up as much as he used to. But on a deep contender, I think Wheeler could do serious damage. It's clear his passing has definitely gotten back to where it was a couple of years ago. Uh, His his puck handling's better. He's still capable of being a really powerful offensive force in the right scenarios and situations. I think the Jets could reasonably get a decently higher pick, not a first rounder, I don't think, uh, but maybe like a second or a third round pick and maybe some kind of low end roster player. Uh, I think Blake will have a number of suitors and it wouldn't shock me if somebody maybe overpays for Wheeler. I think Blake brings a lot of experience. Hopefully 
the the teams aren't looking too closely at the details. And if the Jets retain salary, uh, again, you could probably ask a pretty decent price and get it. So I think that there's actually a lot to work with here. Um, and there are some other fringe trade candidates. I'm not going to get into those yet because I think that they might be more uh, longer term considerations. But, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of moving parts. And I think that the main theme of this offseason is change is coming for the Jets. It's, it's already arrived in some areas, but, you know, looking at the longer term picture and how many years the Jets have to compete with this current core, it's not many. This is going to probably alarm you, but after 2023-24, Winnipeg only has $34 million or $38 million committed to actual contracts in the 2024-25 season. That's only a couple of years away. So the Jets, they're they're due for a, a bit of a, a makeover, to put it lightly. Um, not a lot of committed money, if we're being honest, and certainly no hellebuck after the next couple of seasons. So that's a little bit scary, but... You know, looking forward, maybe this is for the best and maybe the Jets come out on the winning side. Now, in the very short term, the Jets obviously have a little bit of cap space to work with and Rick Bonus is going to need a little bit of help around the roster. Looking at the free agent class, we're going to take a look at what options might be really reasonable choices and maybe bringing in some veteran experience that's both talented and doesn't offer like a huge suck hole on either defense or offense. We'll see if there's anybody out there at a reasonable price coming right up in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles out there, it's obvious that if you're looking for auto parts, most retail brick-and-mortar stores just really can't uh, afford to stock what you need. You know, retail space is always very coveted, and with how many vehicles there are, there's just no way that they're going to have the exact parts you want, especially if you're looking for something a little bit more obscure. That's why rockauto.com is great for saving you time. But more importantly, they also save you money. They often have the same exact parts you need at maybe 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. Take a uh, $350 uh, Honda pump or Honda Odyssey fuel pump. That's pretty expensive, right? But at rockauto.com, you can save up to around $120 off the price, clocking in at just around $220 for the same exact part. Why waste time and money when you can just go to rockauto.com and get the exact part you need on a very easy-to-use website with a great, great company behind it? Rockauto.com has had a lot of experience in this industry doing this and serving DIYers just like you for over 20 years. They're family-run, and they always believe in giving their customers the best and most convenient experience possible. And really, you can't argue with that. They've got amazingly competitive prices, a wonderful selection, and a website that allows you to find exactly what you need every single time. To get started, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look at the, maybe some free agents the Jets might dabble in, right? Obviously, this is a time when uh, traditionally the Jets have scared me a little bit. Uh, free agents, not not always the most exciting times. Uh, Winnipeg has usually tried to pick at the margins and go for cheap players. But, 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 I think that this is a really great opportunity for them to maybe, you know, upgrade in a couple of areas or at the very least just give um, Rick Bonus a little bit of support on the roster because, let's be real, the team itself is a little bit uh, lacking in certain areas. Looking at the available prospects, or or not necessarily prospects, but free agents, um, 
we've got some interesting established NHLers available. One of the biggest ones that just became a free agent from a buyout is Colin White. And White as like a middle six center is a fantastic option. I think the Sens have just kind of tried to cut bait with him because he was being paid almost five mil. And that's a little bit rich for what he brings. But I think if you could get him at under two million for maybe two years on a, a sort of a like a try and see sort of contract, I think that that's extreme value. I think uh, Colin brings a lot of skill and very good offensive you know potential in terms of somebody who's probably not going to play a ton but can still contribute and not be again a suck hole on the back end for your for your team. So Colin, I think is a very good buy low candidate. I think for bonus, he would probably be a really talented playmaker and somebody who, you know, is frankly looking to prove himself. It's just with his injury history, that's probably one issue I could foresee. And that is definitely going to hold him back. On the more expensive side, if you're looking for help up front, Tyler Mott might be an option. The thing with Mott is that he tends to be a really defensively oriented guy. I kind of have him in like that Brandon Tanov mold, which I think does bring value to a team. And for bonus, it would actually be a very good fit because Rick wants the team to be more defensively attuned, very hard to play against, and very aggressive on the forecheck. Mott's going to tick off all those boxes, but he is probably looking for a raise. And I don't know if he's the kind of guy that I would sink more than like one and a half million into. Uh, I think he's a talented player, and I think he could definitely fit the Jets and more specifically Rick Bonus's plan. I just don't want to force him in and maybe take away a spot from maybe a prospect who could do the same job or, you know, just not really the most exciting, most highly uh, touted player here. So again, as like a serviceable, maybe third or fourth line forward who brings that defensive value, I think you could get away with it and, and have a pretty good player. But beyond that, not not super in love. One of the bigger names that I think is, is definitely worth investigating is Ilya Mikhaev, the uh, Maple Leafs don't really seem to have him in their longer-term plans, and Mihaev is just pretty darn good. I think if you're looking for a really nice middle six scorer who can actually play in your top six during emergency pinch situations, Ilya Mikhaev is a great cheap option. He is going to be looking for a pretty significant raise, though. I mean, he had like 20 goals this year, so it's not like he's going to be cheap. I could definitely see him getting like three and a half to four million plus on the market, maybe on the higher end, uh, just because when you have scoring like that, you know, oftentimes you are looking to get paid and 20 goals in 50 games is nothing to sneeze at. So uh, again, a very nice option. I think he'll get a pretty big raise. Maybe he even gets somewhere closer to 5 million. Wouldn't shock me. I think Andrew Kopp is going to be looking for the same kind of money. Um, do I think he's on the level of Andrew Kopp? I think in certain areas he definitely is maybe even a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, Kopp's two-way game might be a little bit, a little bit more well-rounded. That said, Mikhaev is a great option, and you know, given his his forechecking prowess and his size and strength, I think he could be a very interesting option for the Jets, uh, especially because that stuff doesn't really hold him back from still being a really talented scorer. Aside from that, there's not a ton of amazing options. Uh, Vinny Hinnestroza is definitely an option. Hinny had a pretty decent pretty decent season for the Buffalo Sabers. Um, I guess it's probably not saying a lot these days. But Hinnestroza has typically been a solid middle six option. I think he'll bring some, you know, modest offense. Not a ton of high-end elite scoring, but if you're looking for like a 30-point guy, yeah, he could do the option. Uh, he could do the job. I don't know if he'll be the kind of player that maybe bonus loves, loves, but I think he could do a decent uh, a decent job. 
Aside from that, though, there there aren't that many players after that that I think are really either in Winnipeg's price range or super worth pursuing. Uh, you could look at Evan Rodriguez, but he's going to be needing a pretty pretty decent size raised. Uh, Ryan Strom, same situation. And it kind of thins out for players that I'm really interested in, other than like Victor Rosk maybe being a cheap option. Uh, Rosk has just seemingly fallen out of favor everywhere he's gone. I do wonder if Seattle will try and resign him because I do think he's actually a pretty decent depth option. But aside from that, you know, the only other player I would really want uh, is like a Tyler Ennis. I think Ennis is super underrated. He is consistently a great scorer. And I think in the right role, he'll be pretty darn spiffy, especially if you can get him for like league minimum. So yeah, a couple of decent options this year if you're looking for more veteran experience. Uh, Not a ton of young players I, I could see on the market really being in Winnipeg's price range, but Bonus is going to need some help up front immediately, especially if the Jets trade Wheeler and or Dubois. So something to keep an eye on um, and and hopefully Winnipeg can make some really good choices and help fortify the forward depth without signing a bunch of guys who really won't do a lot for this team. But uh, I'd be curious to know what you're interested in, what free agents you would be pursuing. Let me know and I'll actually do uh, some analysis on any picks that I think are really worth diving into. Um, on a future episode, maybe in the next couple of weeks. Be sure to let me know who you're interested in in the comments below or at my Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, uh, be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. Our Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. It's available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including, you know, Spotify, YouTube, odyssey etc same ones that we're on so be sure to like follow and subscribe right now and as always thank you so much for listening have a great night and go jets go